Hey, it's Matt Franco. And it's Eric Dittleman, and this is Mind Over Magic. Hey man, it's been 150 days since I've done a show, and I'm doing my first live show in front of people next week, but millions are going to see it, so I'm a little bit anxious. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I did something out of character this week I'm excited to tell you about and see how you react. Can't wait to hear it. It's also the AGT 15-year anniversary, and I think that's a good place for us to to start today's episode. Cool. Uh, I know they just... Um, America's Got Talent just did like a like a countdown episode this week of the top fifteen viral moments. Was and, Deal or No Deal on there? Come on. Uh, I don't. I don't think I made any of the fifteen. Ah, <laughs> that's a big mistake. Big mistake. Because the Deal or No Deal routine you did, people can YouTube it right now, is uh, pretty much historic in the world of America's Got Talent, in my opinion. <laughs> in your opinion, yeah, you didn't make the list though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, I don't think either of us made it to the quote 15 viral ones. Although I think you popped up a couple of spots in other places in the in the episode because I think there were like some montage type segments as well. Hey, listen, in your defense, you know, viral was a different meaning when you were on the show. Yeah, it was that long ago. It was pre-internet. <laughs> 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 I mean, we barely had internet back then. No. Well, I remember trying to push them to do social media. Uh, I, had the, I remember that too. Yeah, I had a piece uh, and I wanted to actually put hashtag AGT, hashtag Diddleman on one of the prediction boards I did. And they were like, we think that might give you an unfair advantage. <laughs> and then literally like the next year, boom, hashtag city. Everyone's doing yep. it. So Absolutely. Before my time, I guess. I was before my time. <laughs> 15 years is a long time. It's amazing uh, that they've been able to sort of reinvent themselves so well uh, over the years. I definitely have great respect for their work over there. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And they've done a lot for variety entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just seems like magic alone just seems so popular every year, like one of the top categories. Because I think those are the variety things are what really separate the show from all the, like the singing competitions that are out there, too. I mean, there's been amazing singers on America's Got Talent, don't get me wrong. It's just that there's other venues for that to be displayed on television as well. So I think the novelty really kind of keeps that show unique. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, Magic, I think they can see the ratings. You know, NBC and uh, people who analyze sort of who's watching when, they can see exactly when people change the channel and when their viewers pick up. They can see it very, very specifically, and apparently Magic tends to do quite well on the show, so mm -hmm. it's great. Now, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, so I won't have you uh, think of 15 but can you think of, can you, can we, between the two of us, can we think of maybe like five top AGT moments? And it might be just us listening, our friends. I don't know. But um, uh, just our own opinion, or am I yeah. trying to match the list that they made? No, no, our own opinion, because uh, some of the ones they picked, I just were so out of the blue. And I didn't watch every season as well. So it's like, I didn't know who some of these acts were. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, the first magician winning was good. Oh, was that you? 
I should have said the caveat. Let, let's not put ourselves in our. <laughs> oh, what a shame! Because my next one was Eric Diddleman, Deal or No Deal. <laughs> You're like too done. <laughs> uh let me. So outside of us, uh, I mean, do I have to go outside of our seasons? Um, just yeah, whatever. Hmm. The whole shebang. Gosh. Uh. Yeah, I know. I really put you on the spot. It's like. <laughs> well, there's so many. I mean, literally, I think they have probably a few hundred acts that make it to air every mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's 15 years. So I don't know 15 times 350 off the top of my head, but it's a lot. I'm surprised they just didn't do like the top 15 acts and then just show the winner of each season. <laughs> you know, like that would have been the way to kind of be like, these are the best, the ones who won that season. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how those things are uh, figured out. I'm trying to think of what some of my favorite things that I've seen on there. There's been really a lot of amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some Other really than surprising. Deal or no deal. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw any of those, like, um, like in the in the dark, like light wire acts. That was the pretty, light balance. Light, yeah, there was one on my season too that was a little different. I think they were I illuminate. Light wi- yeah, yeah, yeah. And even like, I think the first one, I, this is all subject to be wrong, by the way, because I'm just relying on my memory and did no prior research. I didn't even consider asking myself this question <laughs> beforehand. I was like, we'll just do it on the spot here. But um, but there was like, I feel like it was a bunch of college guys and they just had like black like clothing and they did like kind of illusions in the dark where they would like chop a friend up in half and like bring half his body one way and the other or make him feel like he was floating. And I think that was like the first iteration of that kind of act. Yeah. And then teleportation. Yeah. And then the, there's always kind of that similar type of act. Like once, once something has success on the show, someone's like, well, I could take that to the next level. And like <laughs> there's, you kind of see everyone one upping each other, which is kind of interesting to see. Totally. Yeah, those are great. The group acrobatic stuff's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the sideshow stuff. I, I, I mean, I really, there's been so much good stuff. Yeah. It, that's what really makes the show is the variety, and they've, yeah. they're really killing it. Yeah, and I always like seeing when our friends pop up, too, because, I mean, the entertainment world's pretty small. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know personally I've encouraged many acts to go on the show, and they seem yeah. to do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, it's interesting, especially now, because I see that they're watching acts on video yeah. for this year because right. of COVID. Um, and I think the live shows, I think they start next week. So oh, wow. we'll see We'll see what goes on with this season. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely much different from when I did the show, and even from when you did the show, because just how many changes they made. Well, the interesting thing about the live shows is going to be, I think it's a little bit unprecedented because... Mm-hmm. Um, for American Idol, for The Voice, the contestants were at home. Right. And it, it sounds like they're going to have people, not an audience in person, but it's, uh, based on what's been written, uh, it sounds like the acts are going to be physically there. So this is uh, a, a whole I, new step in a different direction. Interesting. I didn't know that. I'll be very curious to see how that all turns out. So Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll have to set my DVR or my streaming because I think I, <laughs> I cut the cord, so I'm just <laughs> relying on internet, and sometimes that's the day after. <laughs> there you go. That yeah, works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think we covered five topics of acts. 
<laughs> we didn't do yeah. specifics, but that's fine. We don't have to mention specifics. They already did a whole 15 countdown. Yeah. Specifics. But I think definitely categories of acts. I remember one, though, that definitely stands out in my mind just because it was one of the big ones. Uh, I mean, there was a, on my season, there was a hu- couple of huge big ones. Like we had the Earth Harp guy that took up the entire... Um, the entire theater and I hadn't seen anything like that. And I haven't seen anything like that since where yeah. he, he was just stringing this giant instrument and it, you know, the prep that went into just uh, put that together was amazing. I was actually going to bring that one up cause I saw that live when I came to see you on mm-hmm. the show yeah. in person. And that, that thing's amazing. Yeah, that was cool. And then the other one from my season, I remember sticking out just cause it was different from everything else. And we had to go outside. I know they've done that a couple of times where they have to go outside for certain acts, but the guy who shot himself from the cannon, <laughs> I thought you were going to say jumps in the pool. Oh, was that my season? I think it was, yeah. (laughs) Captain Splash or something like that? That was wild. Yeah, yeah. There's some crazy acts that go through that, and I I feel like those can be highlighted. Usually they're kind of like a, I don't want to say a one-trick pony, but it's really hard to like escalate and make those very different each time. Absolutely. Um, So you don't see them being invited back on the show that often or or having similar... You know, uh, that one-upmanship we were talking about of different acts in the same vein. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I just it's just wild, some of the things that they find. And, you know, everyone gets their little moment to shine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, yeah, I see what you mean. It is tough to go back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you when you have, like, when you're jumping into a kiddie pool from yeah. higher and higher and higher. There has to be a cutoff on how high <laughs> yeah. you can jump from and land in a kiddie pool and not die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, well, uh, we'll just say uh, happy 15th anniversary to America's Got Talent from two former contestants. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so speaking of TV, I've got, a, I've got a TV thing that I can't announce yet mm-hmm. next week, okay? Oh. But in order to appear on said TV appearance, I had to do a COVID test. Yes. Have you done a COVID test? I have not done a COVID test because I've been pretty much isolating myself in my apartment in New York and not interacting with any people. All right. So unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah. This is the the swab up the nose. Yeah. So I feel like I now know how to do that sideshow act where you nail the nail into your face through your nostril. That's what it is. Yeah. That's pretty much. Blockhead. That's what it's called. Right. I mean... The nurse is, and this is all taking place in my car. Oh, right. So, so you just drive up. Is, is there like a little speaker beforehand, like a, like a drive through <laughs> restaurant or fast food place where you're like, uh, one COVID test, please. And a side, <laughs> side of fries. Uh, I'll take a large that's, Coke. <laughs> that's what it feels like. And the line is so long. I feel like I'm going in and out. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, my God. You, re- you register online, no appointment, but you show up. Right. You sit and in the car. It's, free? Free? Uh, they have free ones, but yeah. because I needed to get the, the uh, tur- quick turnaround, this is a pay one. Oh, okay. But the gotcha. production company covers that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So no problem. You know, we do, we do the test. I bring Tiana to do the test with me so, you know, so that she's able to come to set or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is a, uh, you did a couple's COVID test. 
a couple's COVID test in the car. I'm driving. She's the passenger. Nurse comes over to me first. And I'm the first thing I'm doing when we get there is I'm scoping out the nurses. I don't know if they're nurses. Uh, let's refer to yeah. them as nurses. The medical professionals who are administering the tests, I'm looking for the one that looks like the least clumsy. Yeah. Because I yeah. know they're shoving this thing in my nose. So I'm sizing them up. Steady hand. Yeah. <laughs> like there's this big jacked guy with tattoos. And like I'm just thinking, ah. You know, not my first choice, you know. <laughs> so I get the nurse that I want just mm-hmm. circumstantially, which was great. So she comes over to the car, very sweet, looks gentle. I felt good about it. Yeah. And she's like, I have to shove this in your nose for 10 seconds. And I said, well, can you count fast? <laughs> <laughs> she says, yes. Shoves a thing in. And I wouldn't describe it as pain. Mm-hmm but so uncomfortable and just pressured my eyes immediately start watering. I wish, I actually wish we had it on video because it was so embarrassing. I (laughs) mean, I was like screaming like a little baby, like count faster, count faster. And then at the end she goes, and I'm going to twist it now, right before they pull it out, they twist it and then take it out. And I did not handle it well. And then she goes over to Tiana's side, takes a different Uh swab and Tiana's laughing through the whole by the way, Tiana, different yeah. <laughs> Tiana's laughing through the whole thing saying, this is what you were reacting like that for. Oh, wow. So she was uh, much better handling the test than you were. Which is no surprise. <laughs> now, the test results came back very, very quickly. Normally it takes a couple of days. I got them right. back last night. Both wow. negative. Oh, great, great news. There you go. Ready for the kicker. Yeah. They, wait, uh, are there other like results that come up like of other diseases that can No, oh God. <laughs> that is not There's the kicker. The kicker. <laughs> and the kicker is after, you know, devoting an hour, hour and a half, however long it took us to go and do this and register and, yeah, you know, sweat it out, hoping that it comes back negative. The kicker is this morning I receive an email mm-hmm. that we must – retake the test no <laughs> why because they counted it needs too to fast be, <laughs> it needs to be done within a certain amount of days oh of the of your production of, of showing you, up oh, on set oh, wow. and so i'm making up the number but instead of it being within six days it's eight days you know what i mean so by like two days you're off <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Well, now you so, know what to expect going into it at least, right? I'm hoping I can do like one of the spit swab ones. I hope, you know, right. I don't know. I just don't know the rules yet. Right. But I we'll know there's see. two different types. One's like to see if you currently have COVID and the other one's like to test antibodies if you've if you've had it. And that mm-hmm. one's less invasive. But uh yeah, I think I think the the COVID test, the current COVID test is that no swab. Oh, there are other ways. I just yeah. don't know if they can turn them around quick enough. Isn't right. that what it is? Maybe that's it. Yeah. Or, or they're less accurate. I don't know. Yeah. There are certain ones that they're, you know, that they will approve that are approved. So, so when are you going for this one? For the next one? <laughs> I think, I mean, I don't really have much of a window. I think I pretty much have to do it tomorrow. Wow. Because if I go Monday, you know, it just depends on getting the results back in time. Or Now, is there a knows? way for you to prep this time? Can you do some nasal exercises to... You know what really I was thinking? Help. Can you practice blockhead? <laughs> I might have them do the other nostril. Oh, balance it out. Yeah. Well, because they, they <laughs> shove it in there. I mean, my nasal passage never felt so clear in my life on one side. 
So I'm thinking maybe I'll go right nostril this time. I'll sit in the passenger side and and they'll yeah. shove it in the right side. Oh you know? geez. <laughs> the nurse tried making an excuse for me too. She's like, "Well, your nose is shaped different, so yours went a little further than hers." So I don't know if that's true. Oh wow. Or if she was just trying to make me feel better for being a wuss. I mean, I've seen plenty of videos of people who've right after they've taken it and they react the same way. Like it's the most like someone tickling the back of your brain <laughs> is someone seriously des- described it, you know, like going all the way to the back of what is it? Your like your sinuses, right? Your your throat or your sinuses. And just mm-hmm. uh yeah, some people reacting better than others. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems so unpleasant that I don't want to even, you know, I'm just isolating myself so I don't have to go anywhere near a COVID test. Yeah, if you don't have to do it, don't do it. Now, do you think that's going to affect that sideshow act? I mean, I know plenty of sideshow performers who still do the blockhead. They drive a nail in their nose. Do you think that's going to be less impressive because people are aware of the COVID test now? I think there might even be more of an appreciation for it, to be totally honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, because, it, it, you know, a swab is one thing. thing uh, ugh, excuse me. A swab is one thing, but driving a like a quarter-inch nail <laughs> is another, for sure. Screwdriver? Electrical oh, I've seen, oh, yeah, that, I've seen people do that, and that seems very dangerous. It might also... Because I think some people probably think those stunts are fake because they equate it to mm-hmm. magic and illusion. It's in that sort of the same variety realm, but it might also wake people up to the fact that those things are actually doable. Yeah, so they don't think there's a trick behind it, right? Because so, there's not. Yeah, yeah, really doing it. Um, yeah, I I remember at one of my Amazeball shows, we'd have um, Jack Sullivan as a sideshow performer and crazy man, overall crazy man. <laughs> And he, he's the only one I've seen do it. I'm sure there might have been others that have attempted something as dangerous, but he took a, like a pair of uh, like hair clipper shears, like scissors, <laughs> just did that, did the blockhead with that, and then would like open them up slightly while it's in his mouth. Oh. Oh. It freaks everyone out every single time he performs at our show. <laughs> Oh, I'm cringing just yeah. thinking about that. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he is a madman. Wow. He is a madman for sure. <laughs> that is wild. So, yeah, I got to do another COVID test. And mm-hmm. uh, sorry, I can't say exactly what the appearance is, but right. it is very exciting. So, um, oh, we can talk about know, it after it happens. Yeah. We will. T- yeah. yeah, we can certainly do that. But in the meantime, I'll, I'll be sharing as soon as I can an announcement via social media. And uh, I'll send out a newsletter too. So, if you haven't signed up, it's just mattfranco.com and you can sign up for the newsletter and find out when uh stuff like this is coming up but this is strange preparing for it uh during covid it really is just trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what types of interactions are available again we can get more into that as it can be uh revealed but it is a whole different ball game yeah yeah absolutely yeah because i mean you were talking about these other reality kind of competition shows that we're doing over like virtual but now now the fact that you're in person and stuff like that it adds a whole new ball game uh for for all television productions going through you know yeah whatever happens in terms of that in the next month or so with different shows and things i think kind of sets a precedent for Mm -hmm. the direction it's gonna go things are gonna go forward yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely exciting wow 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 yeah i'm starting to think about you know my live in-person shows that you know i'm doing still a bunch of virtual shows 
And uh, but I got a couple this month that I'm traveling to, and uh, you know, I I thought they might turn into virtual, but nope, they're still happening in person. So I'm driving to a few gigs, and you know, we at the follow up from our goals last week that we were chatting a little bit. You know, I I, I started choreographing because like really considering how I'm going to bring people up on stage, you know, wearing the mask while people are up on stage with me, but keeping that social distance far apart. And then, you know, trying to get people off stage and still participating so I can take the mask off. I mean, one thing is like my whole blindfold act where I'm duct taping my face shut. It's very hard to do when you also have a have a mask. Like you're just your whole face is going to be covered. Like breathing seems like it's difficult when you're taping a mask to yourself. So I've I've had to rework that whole bit that I've been probably doing the longest in my show. So I'm I'm more worried about reverting back to the way I've been doing it for all these years, just because it's so second nature at this point. Uh, and I have to really be in the moment and conscious about how. You know, it's like, oh, I got to send the person back at this moment rather than keeping them on stage and so forth. I can't even wrap my head around doing a show in person right now. I mean, maybe yeah. my perspective will change on that mm-hmm. after I do this thing next week. But it's like or after you tell me about your experience doing it, how it, this will be your first right. one that's coming up in person. Yeah, first one. And, you know, all the social distancing precautions are going to be there. I'll be on stage. The audience will be distanced uh, from me. Anyone come up on stage? I'm planning on doing that, but having like little hand sanitizer stations and making sure like any props they're touching, they're going to be kind of keeping and not, you know, sharing back and forth. Uh, Do you know the size of the room versus like expected attendance or anything like that? Um, Not really. No. Uh, I mean, I'm advancing the show this week, so I'll find out more before I go. Uh, But, you know, it's a it's a client of mine that I've done many shows with, and uh, you know, I I've always been able to adapt and fit their needs. So you know, we're gonna work together to make sure it's as safe as possible uh, for yeah. everyone. You know, because I mean, that's the thing that's going on with the, especially in the college market. The the there's students that are just gonna be at school now. You know, <laughs> some some colleges are doing the whole virtual thing and not having people on campus but a lot are especially in the states that you know tend to have this under control a little bit more than other states but i don't know it's just it's all up in the air and you just have to be able to adapt and be careful and cautious at the same time right right yeah that's the most important part you know absolutely Unprecedented times, man. We're living history right now. Yeah, everyone's going to be talking about this moment in time for a long time in our generation, you know, even when we're old, which is funny because I remember when this first started, people started to equate it to the pandemic of like 1918. And I don't think I had heard of that pandemic (laughs) until this pandemic. So in other like, words, in yeah, a hundred years from now, people will definitely still be talking about this one. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe in like 150 years, people will totally forget about this one. And then another <laughs> pandemic will hit and they'll be like, oh, it's just like, you know, whatever True. COVID times. You know, it's it's you're only thinking about pandemics when you're going through it. But I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I just I don't know if that was just a lack of history or I didn't know many people who lived through the 1918, you know, pandemic. Right. But right. I was just like, oh, really? And then I saw like all those, we were talking about baseball last week, like all those pictures of the old uh, timey photos of people in the stands at baseball games wearing masks. It was like, 
it's very similar. It's like, shouldn't we like, I don't know, maybe learn from our history <laughs> and right, how we dealt right. with this? I don't know. <laughs> I wake up every day and I'm like, I can't believe this is still going on. Yeah. Yeah. Four months later. Jeez. Isn't it five? Five months later. I don't know. Again, what is time? It's all a blur. 145 days right now, I believe, since we closed yeah. all the shows in Vegas. Yeah. Did yeah. I tell you there was a show that had their opening night on March 14th? No, every, I didn't know I didn't that. tell you this. <laughs> what a, what timing. That is I mean, the that worst is timing. <laughs> literally, I think in the history of Las Vegas has to be <laughs> the worst opening night of all time. Uh-huh. Opening and closing night, the same night. <laughs> I mean, the most successful shows in all of Las Vegas had the weirdest night of their mm. show run on March 14th when everything right. was closing down. Yeah. Can you imagine that's your opening night and like zero press is going to show up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you spent all this time mounting the show, rehearsing it, getting investors, you know. Do the, and they do had the, a lot of international acts. Oh, boy. Doing the, the, the red carpet and the step and repeats and all the photography. <laughs> I think that's one of those things where you're just walking the red carpet, no different than just walking, like, you know, from your bedroom to your bathroom. Yeah. yeah. There's no one else there. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's really Yeah. <laughs> so they had their opening night, March 14th. I mean, I feel terrible for the whole, mm-hmm. I mean, geez. I mean, that's not yeah. going to, how do you even bring that back now? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, theater in general is just so affected by all this. I know, you know, a bunch of shows in here in New York and Broadway, they're saying like we're ending early. It's just the funding, you know, it's like they're relying on ticket sales and everything going through. I know uh, a a friend, uh, acquaintance, I guess, of mine was like mounting a show and now it's been like pushed back a couple of years and, you know, they're taking sets that were built out of the theater now and Hopefully it'll show up again. At some it shows point. you how fragile the business model is. Yeah, yeah. Thin margins, and restaurants are like that too. Like razor thin margins to stay open. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable how everything mm-hmm. everything's affected. Yeah. But uh, yeah. when you when you have your career where it's like let's get a large group of people together, <laughs> that's that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard anything NFL wise? I mean, someone was telling me that they're going to be, they're already trying to like plan certain occupancies based on different states. I was thinking it wasn't going to be any fans at all. I, I, I don't know. Um, the only thing I heard was like that they were going to try and do kind of the empty stadiums like football, basketball, it is football. And, oh, sorry, uh, baseball, <laughs> basketball. And then at some point, maybe open it up to fans. I mean, they're yeah. still even talking about that with baseball. It's like at some point, maybe opening it up to fans in the stands. But okay, right now, I mean, NBA seems like the only one that like really took the precaution to like put everyone in a bubble and actually self, you know, uh, quarantine all with like not even just the players, the coaches, the crew, the interviewers, the photographers, you know, everyone is all in a bubble so that, you know, it's all self-contained and that seems like the smartest way to go about it. And these other sports are like, eh, whatever. We'll just let people, you know, what was it? The Marlins, they were all partying the night before their, their game. And Is that what happened? I, I didn't th- know that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. They like went to the bars or something and that's why they got COVID and everyone's like, maybe they're going to end the, uh, end the baseball season. I was like, not until, don't do it. The, the Red Sox are, have a terrible record right now. <laughs> At least wait till they win some games and then <laughs> can, cancel the season. Or just cancel it all together and it doesn't count. 
That's the other way. It's like, right. <laughs> take it off the record books. <laughs> oh, so weird. Hey, man, we're, we're almost a half hour in right now. I mean, yeah. I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but... I think you're I'm... excited for a riddle, aren't you? <laughs> I, how did you know that's what I was going to bring up? Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! <laughs> All right, I got, a, I got a riddle for you. Wait a minute. Yes. Uh, before you get to it, uh-huh. is it a good riddle this time? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you did not like last week's riddle. I have an update. I was going to try to have her call into the show. I totally forgot, uh-huh. but yeah. I told you I was going to get a dancer's opinion. Sure, yeah. You know Marissa. She's in the yeah. show Yeah. When, when shows were happening. Yeah, in your uh, show. And <laughs> Yes, and I uh, asked her, because you told me that steps in terms of a dance sure. was short for footsteps, and she says that's utter nonsense. <laughs> okay, but I'm still saying the riddle still counts because when you're standing... And you start walking, you f- take your first footstep forward. You take steps. You anyway, don't take. We're not going to get into this argument again. I've got a different riddle for you. <laughs> but that was a butt riddle. No, no, a butt riddle. Yeah, like it was butt. It was a butt riddle. <laughs> okay. Not a riddle about butts. Like a, it's butt. <laughs> it's not good. Okay. Uh, well, we got a different one for you, and I'm worried about this one just because I think you may. Have heard this one. This is a pretty popular riddle, so Feed I'm ho- I'm hoping you haven't heard it, and I'm hoping that this uh, takes you a while and that you don't argue the answer. <laughs> this one's pretty clear cut, though. All right, ready? Riddle yes. time. What comes once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years? Have you heard this one before? It's, again, just like last week, it sounds so familiar. (laughs) Once in a minute, twice in a moment, and never in a thousand years? Correct. Once in a minute, twice in a moment. Got it. That's fast. You got it. I got it. Yeah, you're thinking outside the box already. You're starting to learn these little riddle tricks. The letter M. It is the letter M. Yes. That might have beat your previous records. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, once in a minute starts minute, twice in a moment, there's two M's, never in a thousand years. Yeah, it's it's so vague that you, you know, once you eliminate, like, this could be anything if you're taking it literally, like, minutes, moments, years. But then you're like, oh, it's got to be a letter, you know, word ploy. <laughs> Are you nervous now? Nervous that you're well, getting yeah, I got better it. at riddles? I- no, I got it so quickly. I mean, sometimes that takes me like 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, now we got to fill this time. What do we do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually we rely on the, the riddle section to take up a good 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that segment's going to last uh, if you if you just start becoming a riddle savant. And you're just it's like <laughs> busted through these riddles. <laughs> I've got a long way to go before I become the savant. We didn't we didn't even allow anyone listening in their car to scream at you the answer. <laughs> I should have done yeah, I should have at least done a dramatic pause to yeah. let other people think about it so they could play along. Yeah, yeah. Well, kudos to you. Diddle me this, diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. I love the end of that. Riddles. 
Great song, Mark Dittleman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, this is an interesting thing. I did something very out of character uh, oh. for me. For me. And you, I'm very excited to hear your response to this. Uh, because I, uh, with all this time in quarantine, I uh, decided that I'm going to learn to uh, cook a little bit and uh, eat a little healthier. Nonsense. <laughs> yes. I've been to many meals with you. Yes. Many. Yes. And usually if there are items on the menu that involve the color green, you want to go someplace else. Absolutely. So so there's a, there's a bit of history in my eating habits. Like I'm a notoriously picky eater, like very bad. I have been my whole life and... Uh, you know, if it's fast food, pizza, whatever, that's probably, you know, what I'd order. Uh, but in an effort to be a little bit healthier, I, I ordered, I figured the way to learn and to try new stuff and try to expand my palate, you know, just, just picking things randomly and trying it wasn't going to work for me. So I actually signed up for one of those delivery food boxes, right? Oh, like the Blue Apron type thing. Yeah, I'm doing HelloFresh, a uh, similar company. Neither I'm of them familiar. sponsor us, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yet, yet. Yeah, yeah, yet. So, uh, yeah, I had my first week of my first delivery box of three meals and started, like, just cooking things in the, um, in the kitchen. And I chose the vegetarian option, although, you know, you could select your meals each week. So a couple ones I wasn't too keen on what they were offering for vegetarian, so I'm able to, like, swap in other choices need be but listen to this you're gonna freak out i did a mediterranean couscous wow yeah, yeah. and then uh like a pasta uh, like a red pepper cavatapia and i got like one more like a zucchini flatbread that i gotta make this week before my next so box comes i know it's early on yes. but how how do we feel about it um there's a lot of steps to cooking okay <laughs> <laughs> like timer management, like <laughs> figuring out, you know, <laughs> I had to, I actually had to download an app to keep track of my times because your iPhone can only like do one uh, timer at a time on the, the basic like clock one. I mean, you could like lap and try and figure it out and do, you know, mental math and whatnot. But I downloaded this multi timer so I could just hit timers as things are going. But it it's a lot to keep track of. And uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, interesting the most daunting thing is like trying the new ingredients and like figuring out what stuff i do like <laughs> and don't like uh, but so far so good i mean that first mediterranean couscous dish there's some stuff ingredients i'm like mm, maybe and those aren't for me uh, but i uh you know found the things that i did like to eat and it's it's new it's branching out i'm trying to better myself matt I'm excited about all of this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because you did the switch to vegan how long ago? Probably two or three years, somewhere between maybe two and three years-ish. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even more than three. I'm not sure exactly. And whenever I went out to Vegas to visit you, you'd take me to some vegan place, and I was like, nah, nah, not for me. <laughs> I mean, usually if like the name Fresh is in the, in the title, <laughs> vegan or not, you're not going. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Big fan of pizza and yeah, burgers. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, I am known for my Diddleman pizza parties at certain conferences and just all the time. So uh, listen, they're not going to go away. I'm just going to tell people if you're worried about the Diddleman pizza parties, whatever, when you're hanging out with me, they'll still be pizza. Believe me. What's your fast food reference, uh, fast food restaurant of choice? Oh, it was. Oh, I mean, just on the road, it was so crazy. I mean, I would just go with whatever was nearby. So a lot of times it was McDonald's. Treat yourself to the Impossible Whopper from Burger King just to try it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh my God. I mean, it's. I listen. I'm not going to tell you. It's it's probably just as bad for you. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not quite as bad. I don't know. But like, it's not. It's not a healthy option. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not super healthy. Right. But boy, is it delicious. Oh my God. (laughs) But what I know about like, there's a difference between like vegan and like eating healthy because there's definitely like junk food vegan. I mean, chips, Oreos, Oreos. I was going to say, the one thing I know is Oreos are vegan. (laughs) Lots of unhealthy foods are vegan. Vegan And and healthy are really not the same thing. And I thought about just eating an Oreo diet and telling people I'm vegan. Uh, listen, I'm excited about this, but before I even get into this, I got to yeah. know what prompted this. Uh, well, one, I don't know. It was just kind of the boredom of quarantine. I had all this free time to actually like sit down and actually because like I'm so used to being on the road and, you know, working nonstop that, you know, it's like, all right, I don't have time to really cook anything or whatever. The, the, the few prepared frozen meals or whatever I'd normally eat. You know, it's like just pop those in the oven or whatever for a certain time and then you're done. But it was like, I actually have time. I can actually, you know, learn some knife skills, saute things, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, and so I was just like, all right. And then just, you know, to be a little bit healthier and, you know, uh, slim down a little bit, you know, look good. I mean, quarantine has the uh, the, the phrase quarantine 15 has been popping around. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, listen, I think it's a great uh, it's a great mm-hmm. lifestyle to start adapting to. Right. So now that I've said it on the podcast, I got to stay with it. That's the thing. It's the accountability. Right. I'm I'm here to hold you accountable. I'm holding sure. you accountable for goals every week. Yeah. I'm here for the yeah. motivation, man. <laughs> that's so cool. That's mm-hmm. no. I think that's great. That's my reaction. Um, I mean, my favorite part about it is it has all the ingredients there for you because like they just ship it and it's all set to go and you don't have to like figure out how much of you know this you need or how much of that you need and it's kind of in its fresh ingredients where sometimes it's like i'll go to the uh supermarket and buy vegetables or whatever and then just forget they're in the fridge and then they just go bad so i you know this also forces me to kind of stay on top of that and keep things fresh i mean do you do like a meal in the morning do you do breakfast at all ever or no no uh I'm sort of intermittent fasting at the same time too. I don't know. Intentionally or is that just uh yes and no. Okay. <laughs> it was not intentionally, that became intentionally. Okay. So just kind of focusing on, you know, one big meal. We'll oh, see. One? That's it? That's yeah. that's beyond intermittent fast. Intermittent <laughs> fasting is eating within certain hours. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, You're but I usually eat meal. enough in the one meal. Gotcha. This is all so probably not medically sound, and no one should take my advice, especially. Uh, <laughs> on food. I think it's the. I think you're supposed to eat like five small meals. That way, your metabolism keeps moving. But I think, I think those are all subject yeah. to arguments and different body types, and di- there's different systems of the research that I did. But uh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great. Listen, do you eat avocados at all? No. Have you tried it? Are you against it? Do you like uh, guacamole? 
Not a big guac fan. I think okay. I've tried an avocado once. Man. And it was very you... not memorable. <laughs> oh, man. It is the best. If you, I, I swear. And a lot of people don't really get this because they, mm-hmm. they never did it or not. You, get, you go to the store. You get yourself yeah. a nice sourdough bread or whatever your favorite bread is. What do you like, mm-hmm. pumpernickel? There's different breads. <laughs> a rye, your... a challah bread. I'll do a challah bread. No one's really just going to the store for a challah bread these days. I don't even know what that is. It's the Jewish, uh, like, not bread that you I have. got the Jewish part. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's traditionally, it's a very sweet bread. You have it during, uh, you know, the Sabbath. You say a little pr- prayer over the wine in the, in the challah bread. Would you actually try this if I suggest something? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Does it have a nice little HelloFresh uh, recipe card I can follow? That's the best part is you don't need it. <laughs> okay. Th- this what, is what easy, believe me, because I don't cook. I'm yeah. not a cooker either. Right. Uh, but this I do mm-hmm. probably five times a week. Okay. And sometimes it's breakfast and sometimes it's lunch, and it's very easy. Yeah. You get yourself a nice bread. I get it pre-sliced so I don't have to slice it because I'll screw that up. Okay. Drop, yeah. You got a toaster. You drop it in the toaster, right? Yeah. I have a toaster Avo- oven. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Great. You get yourself an avocado. Now, if you if you're not familiar with avocados, it's got to be ripe. So when you get it from the store, if you're gonna have it that day, it's got to be like kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. If it's hard, it's not ready yet. Okay. It's got to be nice and squishy. You sp- cut it open. Spread maybe half the avocado onto that bread. Go ample with the avocado. Yeah. It's like a mayonnaise. It's oily oh, well, it's don't say delicious that. I'm not, i hate mayonnaise so. no 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 no. <laughs> but it's a spread it, i get it you're trying to like sp- butter it up or you know yes butter it up <laughs> and then what you do and it's super healthy for you it's it's fatty but it's it's mm-hmm. the good fats as they say yeah you get your salt and pepper that's whatever, what i red tell people flakes. about me by the way is i'm the good fats <laughs> <laughs> olive oil is the secret. Now, you okay. don't go too crazy with the olive oil because that's very high on the calorie count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You throw some olive oil, maybe a sliced tomato. If it's if it's lunchtime, I throw vegetables in it and I make a sandwich. If it's breakfast, it's avocado toast. Gotcha. Man, you will become addicted. Really? So Don't knock me, it till you're addicted. Though, too, the thing that's kind of my aversion to avocado is uh, I'm a the, the, the picky part about me is mostly not flavor per se, but texture. I'm a, like, if we want to really go to the weeds on this, it's like, there's some certain quality of textures that it's just like, I don't know, I have like a gag reflex too. But this is like ice cream, the texture. Okay. All right. I'll give it a go. It is unbelievable, but it really is one of those miracle fruits too, or vegetables. I mean, it really is good for you in the same way bananas are and stuff like that. Yeah. My least favorite. You're going to give it a go? You're going to give it a go I like that you keep bringing up my least favorite things, (laughs) like a banana. No, I know I'm getting excited. I should take it slow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm getting excited. You mentioned this is the first week. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm telling you, it's such an easy Mm -hmm. thing to just. It's like taking a piece of bread and putting peanut butter on it. Now you don't. you don't travel as much anymore now that you have your own show. Well, no one's really traveling as much. <laughs> right. COVID. Um, but um, on the road, what were your strategies were you to eat healthier? Or that was before you made the switch? Uh, on the road, my road manager is also vegan. Oh, okay. So he go. plans all of our meals and, and the other people just have to suffer that are on the road with us. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're like, can we please get something else? I'm thinking about poor Ted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But between Stuart and I, uh, uh-huh. you know, vegan. Oh, vegan options are a plenty. So a lot of times, what Stuart likes to do is, if in travels, if we're on the road as opposed to on a plane, um, is stop at Whole Foods. And mm. every Whole Foods across the country is different. Some have their own restaurant, but they all had at that time self-service stations. Right. That had. Who knows if that's for- going to be around anymore now with the buffets and everything that are just right. kind of going but away. Those had options of you know for everybody, but ample vegan options always. You know what they like should that. do for buffets? You know, like the um, the nuclear power plants where they have like you put your hand through the gloves. Like there's a wall and like you're wearing like these little little animatronic arm things around your hand. Yes. They should do that at every buffet. Just have like little stations where people put their hands in the gloves. Thoughts on Thai food? Oh, I I like Thai. I love Thai. I'm craving it. I'm going to order it today. Oh, do you, what's your take on like Grubhub and things like that? You get involved with that? Oh, definitely in New York. We have Seamless is kind of the go-to, but it's I think it's owned by Grubhub. It's the same kind of deal. But yeah, delivery. That I mean, that's my go-to. That was what I would do is rather than, you know, cook or anything, I'd just be like, eh, delivery again. Let's just do it. And, uh, you know. Which ones do you have? You have Uber Eats? You have DoorDash? You have any of those or just Seamless? Uh, seamless. Uh, we also got Uber Eats. and Postmates? Uh, Postmates, yeah. Those two. And you use it pretty frequently? I was, yeah. I'm trying to avoid it just because, I mean, it gets expensive and whatnot. But I, I, I like that for the delivery stuff, now they've adapted and there's an option where you can just l- have them leave the food at the door, right? Yeah, that's what I do every time. <laughs> and they just like call you and you're like, your food's there. Um, my d- delivery drivers don't tend to do that as much. <laughs> Even Sometimes when I they still ring it. the bell. Yeah. I've had people do that, too. I don't understand. Are they just in protest of the COVID? I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Or they just don't <laughs> see that choice that you selected, and they're just like, oh, I got so many deliveries to do. I don't well, know. Speaking, of, speaking of that, have you had bad luck with any deliveries where it doesn't show? Or I've got a couple stories on this. No, I, I have. Um, the only thing that happened to me a couple of times is I ordered uh, pizza, big surprise. Uh, <laughs> I like to try out different New York restaurants with pizza sometimes. And uh, they just, like, didn't deliver because I guess it was, like, past their, like, time. But I was like, I got my order in before you closed. And then they just, like, ignored it and then closed oh, shop. So, yeah. that, so I had to, like, go through Seamless and get a refund. Uh, or, or the ones that – the other thing that just happens to me with these delivery apps is, like, I want to order one of my go-tos and the restaurant has closed, like closed, closed. And I'm like, oh, well, got to find a new restaurant. So, I mean, that's, that's happens quite a bit in New York during normal times too. It's just like, there's such a turnover for restaurants. So you always, or you're always on a search for a good restaurant in New York. <laughs> Maybe I order these too much and that's why I've had so many issues. One of my favorite issues or least favorite, I should say, is I was ordering from a place called Violet's phenomenal vegan place for those looking for a vegan restaurant in Vegas. All Do four they of you. serve just violets? Like the flower? No, they have food. <laughs> this is what I think vegan is, by the way. You're just, you're just like a like an herbivore animal out in the wild picking leaves and plants and I wish. flowers. Like a little um, bunny rabbit. Like yum 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 yum. Restaurant calls me. Yeah. And says the driver showed up took the bag, mm-hmm. walked outside to their car, came back in, dropped the bag off, said, I can't do this, and walked out. <laughs> they quit? 
<laughs> yes. They just were like, ah, nope. Nope. Not for me. Yeah. Mid-delivery. Yeah. I had to go and pick it up. Wow. There was another one where we ordered pizza. I think my parents were in town. This is a while back. And uh-huh. we were ordering pizza. Maybe there was a football Sunday or something like that. And the person got so lost trying to find the house, which I don't know how that happens with a GPS that takes you to the house. Right. That Tiana jumped in the car and found them. <laughs> Wait. So I'm just trying to picture this. It's like a game of car tag. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm seeing like the overhead of your neighborhood and like this going like the DoorDash guy going around in circles and the Tiana pulling out and like doing like almost like a Benny Hill like chase sequence, you know, with uh, the door slamming. <laughs> Like you're very, very, <laughs> you're very close. The one thing you're missing is that they were in the adjacent neighborhood. Oh, they weren't even in the same neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And we kept trying to explain that and he just was not getting it. So Do- she's like, I'm just going to meet you. Stay there. Cause you can see where they are on the app. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair. I've been to, you know, your place in Vegas and you know, the neighborhoods there all look the same. <laughs> Many like, do. I will agree. Yeah, yeah. Vegas is very planned out. Their neighborhoods, even like just all the different towns around, like the little suburbs around Vegas proper, mm-hmm. they're all like the same to me. They're all like pre-planned. It's not like I mean, I live in the city, so you can at least tell the different blocks from each other based on the building. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. But you got to have some idea where you're going if you're signing up for these deliveries. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What they should do is have you uh, have the drivers take like I think. In, is it London? The cab drivers have to do this extensive test of like all the streets and have to have like all the, the map of the city like memorized pretty much. Oh, cab drivers? Yeah, yeah. Like it's really hard to be a cab driver in London, I heard. You know, I think uh, Vegas used to have those same standards before wow. Uber came yeah. in the way yeah. that they did. And now I think that hurt right. cabs a lot. There yeah. was a big battle between allowing Uber, Uber to even come here. Yeah. And the taxi lobby was very much against it, which I understand. You know? Yeah. Same in New York, too, because, I mean, taxis are so common that they were fighting, giving up the medallions. Yeah. For for all the ride shares. But it's one thing when you're in New York and it's a grid. So it's like <laughs> you need to right. go to this street in this cross, cross avenue. OK, that's literally above the previous one. So even right. if you make a wrong turn, you're just, you know, four right turns away from getting back to where you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel I feel bad by the way cuz this is great talking about Thai food and delicious this and mm-hmm. fast food. I think you're going to have the biggest binge of your whole month today after talking about all this food. No, no, I'm prepping that uh that flatbread, zucchini flatbread tonight. Talking about food <laughs> makes me want food. I'm glad it doesn't have that same effect on you. Now all of a sudden I'm like starving well it's also <laughs> just because i've uh, food has been not like a pleasant experience for me growing up like uh, the, the the food i like i like but like whenever i sat down for meals it's such a social aspect too and i just always would have anxi- anxiety about my picky eating that's mm. just like i'm there just for the social thing i'll eat just enough to like be polite and you know get through it but i i just never like you know, fantasized about food that way. It's never been my top priority. It's more like, it's more like a, a, a something I have to accomplish every day to live. It's a task to be completed. So trying to change that mentality a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, it's to f- fuel your body is really what it should be for, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. 
But like, you know, if there was just some sort of like instant meal pill that like made you full and satisfied you, I would do that. Like in you the future, like the all those eating. like sci-fi, <laughs> that sci-fi stuff where it's like, all right, you know, a dehydrated, you know, meal steak. <laughs> I can't even remember the movie that literally had that as an example. And they like shrunk a giant steak down into like a little pill and just were like, go. Yum. Is that Willy complete. Wonka? Was that Maybe. Tra- the track. <laughs> I feel like that was something else. Yeah, it's a trope in many future sci-fi and Matrix. Maybe I don't. They know. They had a pill. You don't remember the Matrix? No, they had pills, but not a food pill. That was what woke him up to the Matrix. That was to go to the future. That was to go. Yeah, to get out of the computer simulation. Maybe I'm thinking of Back to the Future. I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen any of these movies. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why you're trying to chime in on the movie. <laughs> That's like me trying to talk about vegan food. <laughs> a rabbit in the forest eating a leaf. Yeah, yeah, just yum, num, 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 nibbles. <laughs> you got to get some of this vegan fast food, man. You're going to love it. I'm, like I said, it's no better for you, but you got to just try right. it. You go crazy mm-hmm. for it. It's so good. Do the Burger King well, one. Well, the, the thing I like, just to wrap this up, is uh, the reason I'm cooking is I have more control. Like, that's the other thing I was worried about going to restaurants is, like, them using ingredients that I'm not going to jive with. So at least, like, with some of these recipes, you know, I'm like, oh, uh, I don't like feta. I could just not put that in the dish, you know? Right, right. So I have absolute right. control. So that's that's one of the other reasons, the, the little, uh, the, the control freak, the type A in me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think this is, look, I think this is a great goal. It's one that I'm going to hold you to. And with mm-hmm. that, it might might be a good time to transition into uh, yeah. what happened with your goals from last week. Now, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. I already know one of them you achieved because you tweeted about I it. I did tweet about it. Yes, I did. Uh, Can you get, I, into that, get into that book with us a little bit? Yeah. So uh, last week I was mentioning I was reading uh, Mike Reese's uh, book, who's uh, one of the writers of, of The Simpsons. And you wrote a book called Springfield Confidentiality. Is that what it's called? Uh, Springfield Confidential. Let's make sure I get that right. I'm super <laughs> close. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just loved it. I actually finished it the, right after we did the podcast. Like, it's such an easy read to read through. And he's so funny in it as well. Just uh, He gives a lot about the details of how they come up with an episode of the Simpsons and all these behind the scenes facts that, you know, a lifelong Simpsons fan like me, I didn't know some of these stories. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of a couple good examples like, uh, Dr. Julius Hibbert was named after SNL alum, Julia Sweeney. And that was her like maiden name. So, uh, <laughs> that, that's a fun one. And even talking into like Futurama, the Matt Groening's um, uh, show after the Sims, or not after because it's still going on, but his, his other show that was beloved, uh, Futurama, the character Zap Brannigan was going to be voiced by Phil Hartman, another SNL alum, and uh, before he was uh, uh, killed. So uh, yeah, all these uh, little insights and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I just love little trivia facts like that. But I, uh, it talks about you know Mike's whole career. The amazing thing is the the Harvard connection of like how many writers in comedy went through the Harvard Lampoon, uh, and half you know half the writers' room he was saying like we're Harvard alum, and even like Conan O'Brien was a you know president of the Harvard Lampoon and wrote for The Simpsons before getting his talk show. It's just fascinating stuff. I love the book. 
so it's not just a behind the scenes on the show, but it also kind of takes you, like you said, through his career and his life. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his career was The Simpsons, but, uh, you know, it but talks still. about him, you know, when he and his uh, his writing partner, Al Jean, who's now current showrunner of The Simpsons still, they went away for a little bit and, you know, created the show The Critic, which I don't think you've, did you even know that existed? The show The Mm-mm. Critic. Mm-mm. <laughs> I watched that show growing up too, uh, voiced by John Lovitz, who was like a New York movie critic. They even did a crossover episode with The Simpsons, uh, which was fantastic. And then he went on to write, uh, you know, a couple other, you know, uh, web shorts, some live action stuff. Uh, he punches up pretty much every animated movie that's come out. <laughs> There's so many that he's, you know, doesn't necessarily get writing credit on, but the, you know, they're like, we need jokes, and he's just a joke machine, so he'll just. Um, He'll uh, t- just constantly, you know, work on, I mean, some of the movies he was worked on is like Despicable Me, Despicable Me 2, the Ice Age movies and everything like that. And he just punches those scripts up so they're funnier. And then he's also has this connection to David Copperfield, where right. he and him are like best friends. And I know he's written for his show, for Copperfield's right. show. So, What a cool job that is to punch up a script. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I love to do is I do this with my friends' routines all the time and give notes and try and try and help them write some comedy as well in my small little magic sphere. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really in. great. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a fun thing to do. Punch up basically just means add lines and punch it up. I mean, yeah. it's kind of what it sounds like. Punch it up with beats yeah. of humor to, to make it more entertaining, whatever it is, a yeah. script or a magic piece or whatever. That's so cool. Well, Maybe... Should- Go ahead. We should tell the story of, uh, you know, they came to see your show and had a little trickiness with the box office and didn't, uh, you know, something happened with their tickets. And I was able to get in touch with you like moments before you went on stage. You know, Mike and his wife were in the audience like trying to see the show. And, uh, you know, you were like, here's the box office number. I managed to work it all out from my apartment in New York (laughs) to get them squared away. And, uh, and they said they, you know, loved the show and enjoyed you and, uh, you got to meet them after. Right. And then, uh, for my efforts, they took me out to uh, a brunch and, uh, that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the mix up would have been with their Yeah, I don't remember the details either, but, uh, they were, they're very great people. Mike and his wife. Maybe maybe we could even, maybe we could even get them on here. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe we could try. (laughs) Why not? No, I'm saying, well, we've talked loosely about possibly having guests before so if you if you think that would be a good idea to have guests let us know on a scale of one to ten how interested you'd be in having guests yeah yeah we have some good ideas for guests to come through and to chat and and it's not gonna be like a you know other podcasts where it's like an interview format per se we'd uh you know just have them in on our conversations and contribute yeah someone like mike you know i i would you know i'd be interested in like read the book and then we could actually talk about it yeah you know a Mind Over Magic book club. I, well, that's what I was going to say, too, is I'm really not trying to turn it into a book club. But, you know, it'd be cool to, ha- to have yeah. him on. So, yeah, I completed that goal uh, and how. I just love that book. It's so good. So check it out if you haven't uh, as well. Um, what were some of my other goals? Just uh, I think I already mentioned some of them. Just working on the choreography for the in-person shows and uh, – and just keep polishing that virtual show. I, I had to put up together so many links because my August is now picking up. Uh, you know, that's usually the busy season with a lot of the colleges. So just 
going through all the creating the links and sending all the virtual streams, <laughs> getting everything squared away on the tech side. So that when showtime comes, there's no tech issues. So, so you, you pretty much passed your test this week I for did. the goals. I did. Um, the two that I listed were really just about making progress on the magic stuff from working on, which I did. The one thing I didn't really mention, which was kind of the more important goal that I did not achieve, unfortunately, is to replace the microphone I'm using. Oh, okay. So yeah. I am going to make an effort between mm -hmm. now and next week to make an order because you already sent me a link. Yeah. To that microphone, and I'm going to so that we're we're working from the same source here. We got to be drinking from the same fountain. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Slowly upgrading the podcast as we go. Slowly bettering ourselves as people by cooking. This has turned into like a motivational speech. No. I'm like Tony Robbins over here. <laughs> Very little talk about magic. <laughs> That's true. We didn't really dive into the magic this week, but hey, you know what? Something tells me there'll be magical conversations right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. It's in the title. It has to be. It's in the title. Exactly. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Duh. So goals for next week. You just talked about yours. Um, Microphone. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go and try and I'm editing a um, an organizational, I'm co-editor of an organizational uh, um, newsletter for the Psychic Entertainers Association, which you have to apply and get in and whatnot. Uh, so uh, my goal is actually to go through some of the back catalog and uh, just read some old issues uh, to see the history and everything like that. I have the entire catalog. Uh, so yeah, just to take some time and do some reading. That's, awesome. That's my goal. Holding you to it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, check us out on the social medias. Let us know what you think. Uh, at Mind Magic Pod. You're laughing at me as I do the plug because you know I'm going to mess it up. No, that's not why I'm laughing. I'll tell you why after you finish plugging. <laughs> at Mind Magic Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. And if you have uh, anything you want to talk to us about, uh, chime in at our email address at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And I'm laughing because I almost left the meeting, left the Zoom meeting like I did last week. <laughs> Just yeah. completely yeah. almost you clicked stay it again. On. I'll make sure I hit the right button this time. But uh, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Good night.